talk about uh, how to uh, when you see Jesus constrain him to stay Amen. just constrain him to stay there's a, a um, pressing in toward the Lord that we need to uh, do to get an understanding from him get revelation from him uh, to have relationship with him have needs met whatever it is that you need Jesus will fill that need but there is a process uh, and there is a a desire on his part to meet every single need and so uh, Jesus is is um, passing us by remember uh, Oral Roberts used to say that a miracle but that's Jesus is either coming or leaving you know so you have to constrain Jesus to stay and to until he has fulfilled the desire of your heart and that is the most important thing he wants to fulfill his people he wants to um satisfy us with the things that are good for us he knows our needs he knows our separation from him and he's been longing to be reunited with us and it took sacrifice it took time took many many things but now we have Jesus in the fullness and so if we will constrain him to stay he will abide with us and he'll reveal himself to us and that's what you want you want a revelation of Christ you don't want somebody's dead old stories about God you want the real thing you know whatever it is that that you desire in life you want to experience you don't want to just plan for it think about it hope it comes and you know confess it to death and try to believe for it but you want to experience the things that you desire from God and so Jesus comes to fulfill those desires and to give you assurance uh, that he is is your God and your helper in Luke uh, chapter um, well let's start in Luke 18 because that's an example that I wanted to start with but our, our primary text will be Luke 24 but let me take you to Luke 18 first and you'll see an example of Jesus passing someone by almost got by him but amen so it's a story of Bartimaeus Uh, he's not called that in this story let me see it's Luke is it 18 where am I going here it's down in the 30s I think yeah, says a blind beggar in 35, late 1835. It came to pass that as he was come near unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. So here's a man who has no sight. He has to depend on other people's interpretation. <laughs> Isn't that like when we first get to know the Lord you're depending upon what other people have said about him you're depending upon somebody's testimony and that testimony may be true but you don't know that that's true about him until you experience it yourself and that's that's where the fullness comes in so he's depending upon that these people number one are telling him the truth uh, many times people who were beggars and, and uh, couldn't fend for themselves got the worst treatment I'm sure they were lied to many times I'm sure they were <laughs> perpetrated on led someplace only to be you know um, taken advantage of or something like that so here's a man who is totally dependent on the kindness of others and the the uh, faithfulness of others the truth of others 
to receive uh, direction and to get his needs met. He's in, in dire need of help. And Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And who could be more lost than a blind person? And so as Jesus is passing by, this man doesn't know who it is and can't see for himself and he has to ask. And he says, <clears throat> they said, verse 37, Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried immediately, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this man needs his sight, and that's true, and Jesus knows he needs it. But if we don't ask, and if we don't ask in faith and believe that God will deliver, it will keep passing us by. Jesus has no recourse if we just sit there and watch and we see good things happening to other people and we see blessings coming toward other people we see other people being blessed or we sense other people being blessed or we have too much pride to ask him for what we need or we are many times we don't ask him because we're afraid he's going to give it to us <laughs> you know what I'm saying I mean come on now we have all kinds of little mental playgrounds going on up there all kinds of things go on in our minds that keep us from from embracing him and drawing him near all kinds of things sometimes we are not sure what it's going to require of us and this is the other part of it God will never require anything more of you than you are able to give to him if you can't if you have if you struggle releasing control of things to God he will help you with that he knows he knew before you asked what it was going to require of you and the requirements the same for everybody but it won't be above your ability to do it's never above your ability to do he helps our weaknesses he helps our peace he helps us trust him he helps us um, to lean on him uh, he doesn't um, make us feel bad about our weakness I mean we may come under conviction because of things that weakness cause us to do but then when we confess that to him it's all good he takes care of it he just wants us to come to him he wants us to trust him he wants us to embrace him in in a great way and in a new way we need to understand that Jesus is is always looking for someone to help and I think that's important to understand the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth looking for somebody weak somebody to show himself strong on their behalf somebody who needs him somebody who's crying out for him so Jesus is not going to sit around and talk to you forever about the same thing he's not uh, your butler or your servant or you know a a cheap friend that you can just bend their ear and don't expect them to do anything but when Jesus comes he comes in power and he comes to help you and to help you keep moving on to the next part of your life the next opportunity uh, the next good thing that's coming toward you he wants to bless you and he blesses us by allowing us to ask specifically for the things that we need and desire and then he 
puts us in process of receiving those things. So this man is in need of healing, and he and Jesus is is going to keep walking if this man doesn't stop him and say something. Even though Jesus knows he's blind, he has no legal obligation to help those who do not ask. That's why he says it in his instructions in the Bible: ask and it'll be given to you. Seek. You got to get the ball rolling with your faith. If your faith is not engaged, then he's doing something illegal. There are many uh, many situations you'll see in the Bible where Jesus is, say for instance, when he um, goes by. And remember the woman who was they were they showed him passing the funeral of a young man who is the only son of this this woman and he had just died and Jesus Jesus stops the funeral procession and raises him from the dead. Well, nobody asked him. It's not it's not recorded there that anybody asked him anybody, but they must have because faith has to move him. So this while he was sick, he might have prayed for healing. While he was sick, he might have prayed for his mother, might have prayed for him to be healed. And so Jesus says, you know, when he gets there, he answers prayer. Just like Zacharias was in the temple, uh, it was his turn uh, as high priest. And the, the angel told him, he said, your prayer has been heard. And he's an old man now, but his young man prayer is just being answered. So whenever Jesus stops, it, it's a legal stop because faith is in operation. Um, uh, Bartimaeus has to ask him in faith. And when he says, Jesus, thou son of David, that term son of David, uh, is referring to the promised Messiah. The one who is anointed to bring deliverance, set captives free. All of the things Jesus mentioned in Luke chapter 4. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do all of these things. When they refer to him as the son of David, that's what they're expecting. They're expecting messianic uh, ministry to come forth. They're expecting the anointing. They're expecting Jesus as healer to have mercy on them. And so that's what uh, Bartimaeus says. He says, thou son of David have mercy on me and they which were with before him rebuked him told him to hold his peace and this was typical of the way people in the lower levels of life were treated a beggar was about it's like a homeless person now you know people don't take them seriously you know the homeless people beg and press in on you because they're desperate then people kind of feel like they have to fight them off or, or you know they're they're, they're like assaulted by, by their poverty and by their uh, position in society. And so it's very common for people to want to get a beggar out of their way as soon as possible. But there's something different about this beggar. There's something different about him. And it says that when they began to push, he cried all the more. And so that's a move of faith. That is not something that God will take lightly. That is not something that God will uh, uh, keep going. That That's what stops him in his tracks. Is when the natural elements are telling you to quit. When your mind is telling you it's too late. When, when your mind is telling you you can't go any further. And you press beyond that. That's when you get your miracle. 
is because you have pressed beyond the resistance amen of the normal uh, flow of things many people ask God for things one time and when it doesn't come they shrug their shoulders a few will go and ask a second time even fewer still will go a third time even fewer still will go a fourth and a fifth time and so every time that we we go back to God with the same request knowing and understanding that he's our source he's our supply and that moves the heart of God it impresses God every time we ask in faith it impresses him that he is obligated to meet that need because we are doing the thing that is unusual and he will do the unusual for us many times there are so many barriers against and so many obstacles against us receiving the things that we need but if we keep going back to God we keep going back to him we don't switch up and go someplace else or we don't uh, change our minds and go do something different or get a different answer look for a different solution if we keep trusting and keep going to God we will receive the thing that we need and so here Bartimaeus cries all the more it's like nope I'm not going to let him he's constraining him to stay he's constraining him to stop and so he fights his way through the resistance to his faith first time he said it the faith went out there but it wasn't strong enough to stop him so he has to do it a second time that's real common with believers folks if you had everything you asked for the first time you asked for it you'd have so much stuff you know we'd be robbers and thieves because man we we get it on and so it's kind of you know that way we have to understand that uh, we can't um can't you know fail on this you can't get weak on this kind of thing once you set your your heart to desire something from God you have to be determined to stay in that flow until you receive it just keep asking don't think you got to do something different Jesus never said ask and if you don't get it go do something different he said ask and keep asking that that the tense of that verb implies that you ask continually asking in faith always means to ask continually you have no other source and so when you trust God you will continue to go to him in faith asking for the things that that you need and so he doesn't want Jesus to pass him by he wants him to stay and give him what he wants and so in order for for us to have Jesus revealed to us in the area of our need we must detain him with our faith we must arrest him with our faith we must capture him with our faith because he will pass by (laughs) if we don't and so if you don't ask in faith uh, you won't receive anything from the Lord and so Jesus it says uh, Jesus stood verse 40 commanded him to be brought to him and when he was come near he asked him saying what do you want me to do for him and he said Lord that I may receive my sight and and Jesus said to him receive your sight your faith has saved you how did his faith save him it wasn't discouraged when it was disappointed the first time there are things that we desire from God if we don't get them when we think we're supposed when we think we're supposed to get them see we're disappointed well how can you be disappointed and you didn't have an appointment for that thing at that time 
See, these things are appointed to us by God. It wasn't your idea to ask for it. God put it on your heart to ask for See, these things are already foreordained of God that we should walk in them. And so it was already foreordained for uh, for um, Bartimaeus to receive his sight. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do that day. He knew where he was going to be. He purposed to be in that place where he was. He purposed to be in the place where he was for a lot of people to receive their healing. But not everybody received it. You see the multitudes. And sometimes it says he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. And so he'll walk by unless somebody detains him with their faith. Bartimaeus received his sight because he refused to let Jesus pass him by. He constrained him to stay. And he asked in faith. So when we invite Jesus to stay, it is so that we can not just have an answer to prayer or our needs met, but also we need to have a revelation of him. When somebody is revealed to you, it stays with you. The things you ask for may come and go. You know, you might ask God for, you know, and uh, you know, sometimes you'll look back and, and you know, uh, and reflect and you know in the mind of the spirit of God and you'll look at all the things God has done for you over the years but on an everyday basis you don't walk in that knowledge all the time but when God has revealed himself to you in a mighty way then that's something you carry with you at all times like if 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 you know that that God will protect you. You walk in a knowledge of that because you feel secure wherever you are. You don't feel endangered. You don't feel nervous. You don't feel you have that sense of security where you are. Well, He's revealed Himself to you as a protector, as somebody that you can trust to lead you with with the company of angels that surround the the righteous, the beloved of God, and and so you don't have any fear about. Where you go, as long as you're being led by God, you don't you don't have any concern about those things, and so it's a good thing to have a revelation of Him somewhere in your heart. You've been enlightened to know uh, who He is in a certain area of a, a need that you have. Once God has provided for you and provide it consistently you'll you'll begin to trust in that sometimes i'll i'll look at you know the finances say like ministry finances or or anything like that my own personal finances and i'll look and i'll say oh my goodness you know we we better do something that you know and i'll think to myself oh yeah i gotta talk to the lord about this and ask god and, and sure enough in no time at all he's supplied the need again that's because he's revealed himself to me as provider over the years now I'd be crazy to get nervous about something uh, not having had a revelation see a revelation comes to you personally when you invest your own faith personally in these things and there are many people who are riding on tradition they're riding on other people's prayers there there's a lot of people who can skip around (laughs) you know just barely but one day you're going to get cornered where you're going to have to use your own faith for your own self for your own needs you're going to have to spend time renewing your mind 
so you don't go nuts worrying about things. You're going to have to pay the price yourself at some point so that God can reveal a revelation of him in the area where you have a need is the greatest thing that he can give you. Where your eyes are open. And so that's what Bartimaeus had. He said, you know what? I could ask for money. I could ask for uh, for enough to get dinner tonight. I could ask for uh, some a friend to give me a a, um, a gift card, you know, with fifty dollars on it, so I can go to Starbucks. All you I could ask, for. but you know what, God, I want a revelation of you. I don't want any material things because I know once my eyes are open, I don't have to depend on anybody to tell me where you are. If you're passing by, is that really you or not? You, you understand what I'm saying, and so it's good to have that. That's what you want. And if you have to have to make a choice between things and knowing Him, take knowing Him, take knowing Him, because things will come and go. But when you know Him, you'll have total security in all things, and He will put you on a path that, that of riches and and wealth and prosperity that uh, that you won't be able to outdo just by taking taking uh, things over Christ you know you always want to have him stay have him share have him talk to you have him minister to you have him tell you what's needed what's not needed have him uh, speak to you of things to come you always want that you don't don't want to just settle for uh, you know a new job or needs met or any of that sometimes we get the things that we're asking for in a material sense and then you get busy with that and you go off and you do something else and you leave the revelation that God wants to give you on the shelf somewhere always choose to constrain him to stay constrain him to share with you talk to you get you to understand things to get you uh, unknotted out of your own insecurities out of your own fears all that kind of stuff those are revelations of God uh, that, that you will have and, and they will stay with you uh, forever and they will help other people uh, I remember when I was uh God healed me of, of a severe depression. I was suicidal for many years. I, I know I mentioned that before. I mention it again because I, I can remember when I was a child and I, I was thinking about what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, people say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I would always say, well, I want to go to college. And, and, and that was as far as it went. You understand what I'm saying? That's after that. It was I just couldn't. I didn't see anything. And God showed me after He healed me that I was the devil had planned to kill me before I even got to my 30s. At the time that I uh, had the breakdown, had I not chosen God, I wouldn't be here. You understand me? That's why I never saw anything beyond, you know, just getting through school and, and, you know, not beyond that. And so God began to show me. He said, everything from that point point on is my will for you. He said, so you don't have to, you know, be concerned about what you're giving up because I never let you see it anyway you understand what I'm saying there's some people that can can live their life in Christ unhindered from 
there was nothing there so it's not like i don't have the struggle that people have well you know i i i want to do this first and i haven't <laughs> it's all gravy as far as i'm gonna let you meet up here you know what i'm saying uh and and so we we have to understand these things that god wants to bring to us revelation of him so so my life really in christ is all i have uh, there's no competition with anything else you know there's there's nothing i can say well you know i i had to give up to i give nothing up it's just all good you know it's it's all there's no there's nothing to compete with what he called me to do because there was nothing there you know all i had was a bunch of problems a bunch of headaches and mess up and you know can i have a life now all that kind of stuff has been built uh since since i've known the lord and so a revelation of god is everything it's your life folks i don't feel like i have a a substandard life because i don't have to compete with anything i think it's kind of easy for me because it's there's nothing there that's that's you know even my marriage wasn't there anymore you understand what i'm saying so it's been all a build-up uh from that time forward sometimes i look at people who struggle with small things and i'm thinking to myself my goodness you know that's huh you know i mean you you have to be careful not to be judgmental because then then you don't really understand their struggle you know what i'm saying if there's something else in your heart that you desire more than god for me it was easy because there's nothing there and so when i think about having a revelation of christ that's your life i mean i've lived off of just knowing jesus and and that's it and so it's been easy for me in that sense and when i don't have a sense that i'm together with god on things it's very disturbing to me it's very disturbing because it's like you get disconnected from your life source and and that's real to me see it's very very real to me like i don't have other things that i can go and do when i don't have a relationship with god that's it you see what i'm saying so i have to mend that real quickly and make sure if i'm to be content it has to be mended very very quickly for me and i think that's what god wants for all of us that's why these things about you know the the song of the lord and making sure we understand where god those things are very important to me you know i don't care if nobody else cares about it neither you know i just you know (laughs) just you know but i do i mean as a minister you have to make sure you get that across to people but if if nobody else can receive it I know what it does to me you know and so it's it's important that the body of Christ have these things understood like knowing God and have him revealed to you as a friend companion somebody who understands you doesn't judge you you know like at my exercise play my ex exercise place <laughs> no judgment zone you know what i'm saying uh not to condemn you you know what i'm saying and 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 so we we just have to really uh embrace who he is and quit trying to pick up substitute messiahs see everything else is just a real poor substitute uh if he doesn't bring it to you it's not worth having see and so we we have to understand these things so when you get a revelation of christ 
you understand him as Lord and you trust him as Lord you trust him as the one who knows what you need he's got a plan for you he knows where everything fits he's not nervous about anything he's not worried about anything but he knows and he knows exactly what you need and he'll he'll provide it for you in abundance in abundance amen so we're going to turn over to Luke chapter 24 now Luke chapter 24 he talked about this Jesus as the son of David and the promised Messiah having been revealed to Bartimaeus who is an excellent example because he was blinded but now he can see both ways he can see spiritually he can see physically now you know sometimes if you get the spiritual first the physical will come and so you see he had a revelation of Jesus as the son of David that was a spiritual eye opening and then his natural eyes were open once your spirit's in tune with God anything you need in the natural is coming that's just secondary stuff that's the fruit of your your spirit or fruit of your faith on the inside of you uh, the things that you need in the natural so in Luke chapter 24 I think it starts in verse 29 where we see Jesus coming to two on the road to Emmaus in another form. I don't think we're down that far yet. That's the end of it. So we got to go up to. Okay. I'll start in verse 13. So we'll get the whole of the story. Now Jesus has been raised from the dead. And so there's this business of going back and forth. And people coming to the tomb. And being there too late. You always want to be on time for Sunday morning church, folks. <laughs> That's another place to put that one. You know, I know, one of my other great examples is Ananias and Sapphira, you know. I will always say, well, her hair was done and her nails was whooped. Or her hair was flipped and the nails was done. Or whatever it is. But she dropped dead because she got to church late. You know, She didn't know she was getting prepped for her funeral. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying. I, that kind of stuff. But anywho, we'll go on to... Um, I just wish I had a drummer to tip. But I'm, uh, you know, when the right stale jokes, and then you got the drummer that wakes everybody up. But uh, uh, the next one will be better, maybe. We don't know. Anywho, it says, and behold, two of them went the same day. I wonder if that little kid that that drums for Bishop Russell could catch on. <laughs> you think he could? All right, because these jokes is old. <laughs> They're pretty stale too. So it might be might be below his pay grade or something, you know. But anywho, we'll we'll, we'll work in on it. All right. So there, this is again Jesus in another form, where Bartimaeus identified him as son of David because of reputation and because of you know him Jesus having been revealed as the Messiah to some people uh, now many people thought he was another prophet some people thought he was um, and toward after the death of John the Baptist John raised from the dead uh, his anointing was in line with the priesthood but he's different it's different so the messiah is going to have some similarities um, to prophets priests because he is the chief of those uh, you're going to see those identifications made of him but it's the son of david 
That's everything. See, he's your everything then. So you can go to him and ask him for anything uh, in that role. So in other words, and so here we have in 24 verse 13, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about uh, three score furlongs. I'm sorry. And they talked together of all the things that had happened. So here these these two and his two disciples they're not named uh, 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 one of them is named I'm sorry but they're not of the twelve it appears but these are followers of Christ who seem to be up on things they followed him during his life because they know about his ministry and they know the things that were spoken about him but somehow they can't put it all together and see this is what we need and what the world needs what everybody needs is to be able to put it all together so that it makes him a personal savior to them or it makes a relationship uh, what it's supposed to be in your life Jesus has to be what you need in your life or it won't fit and so that's what this whole conversation is about they're trying to put these things together and so it says here they talked together verse 14 of all these things which had happened and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned Jesus himself drew near and went with them now something drew Jesus to them Mm -hmm something true and it's a heart thing he comes to answer our questions and our confusion about him when 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 we're 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 considering him he comes for our considerations when we're puzzled and we're questioning can God help me can Jesus do something for me he begins to hover over us looking for an opportunity to reveal himself to us and so this is all that's going on here and he's there with people when they're sick he's there with them when they're disgruntled and confused and, and arguing and all kinds of things when they people are questioning is there a God does he love me what who, where can I go for help uh, the Holy Spirit hovers around in these situations to reveal Christ to us Jesus isn't just the the God of the believer and he distances himself from the sinner totally he's looking for those he can show himself strong on their behalf whether they be saint sinner or whatever God knows how to reach everybody he reached you and he reached me when we weren't even thinking about needing God he knew what we needed we needed a revelation of him and he didn't quit until we got that and so they communed together reason Jesus himself drew near and went with them and their eyes were uh, uh, darkened that they didn't know him so here it's a Bartimaeus situation again they're blind just like he was they don't know him and that's what we are until we get a revelation until we we get enough understanding to constrain him to come closer to show me more to when where hearts are open to him more and not just so closed out here these two are trying to figure out if Jesus was really the Messiah or not they heard he got crucified and he died they heard he was raised from the dead but they haven't seen him yet and that's going to be the the thing that's going to convince them 
is his resurrection and his uh, victory over the grave. They're trying to put it together. It's what we do when we don't really know God or we don't know that he can do some some things. There are believers that are stuck in a traditional understanding of God only. Don't know him alive and living. They want to but they never constrain him. Now you think about it. There's so many people into religion and they're faithful to it. Man, some of them go every Sunday to a dead church. Every, you know, I mean, they pay attention as much as they can. But if you don't have that quickening of the Holy Spirit in you, you don't have much life to put into the situation. You don't have much to offer. But, you know, God will hover over those situations as much as he can, looking for an opportunity to reveal himself to people. It's just amazing. And so, and and even when you're, you're saved, there may be times where you... You're trying to live off of old revelation of God. You're trying to make the Savior everything. And you need the deliverer. You need the one who can give you a fresh outlook. You need the the one who can make all things new. You need the one who is all forgiving. And and who can cleanse your mind of dead works. And all that kind of stuff. And so there are times when we need to constrain him. To stay close to us. So that we can get the next thing that we need from him. Every day there's a new mercy that comes for us because we need something new every day you know and, and many times we just walk around with the same old same old thinking we know God and you know this is all there is and woohoo <laughs> are we shocked when he comes up and he, he deals with us in some things and so it's a good thing to know that God wants to reveal himself to us in these ways but there's something we have to do to make sure that we invite him in we have to allow him to reveal himself to us there's some things that go into that relationship and that that interaction that we need to pay attention to so that we can um, we can receive what God has for us it's all about receiving so their eyes were darkened they didn't know or their understanding was darkened they didn't know it they've got a bunch of puzzle pieces here and so only only God can cause the puzzle pieces to fit together right so that you understand and you get the revelation once that revelation comes it all dawns on you then it's like something comes in the the light comes on you understand and you want to stay there and get more see you that's that's the way the revelation of, of God is it's not something you just take and run and take and run and take and run you want to stay in that place of revelation when the light comes on you want to stay in the light and verse 17 he says what manner of words or communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and you are sad so Jesus recognizes when there is um, absence of light he begins to address it darkened areas of our lives are always addressed by God because he is the God of life the living he's not the God of the dead he's the God of the living he wants to bring life and light to us he wants to bring understanding to us anything that speaks of light and and joy enlightenment health understanding he wants to address that and so he gets right to the the crux of the problem with us and i think this is why sometimes we shy away from him because if, if this is monday and you know I don't want to sweat on Monday and 
if I address this issue, I'm going to sweat. You know, we put it off till Tuesday, you know, and then Wednesday, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, Wednesday is laundry day. I'll do it then. Well, you know, I don't have enough for a full load. I'll put it off till next Wednesday. You know, we just put things off that, that aren't or we think are not going to be pleasant. See, we're too busy looking at the process. We're not looking at the end result. Sometimes we drag out the process and God wants to make it short. He wants to do a quick work in some things. It'll shock you how quickly he can enlighten you and put you at peace. Look at Pharaoh. You know, he stayed up all night because of a dream and thought he could get a quick interpretation from his boys that next morning his boys didn't have anything from he was totally distressed and one word from this this hebrew in prison you know said his peace easily just like that and pharaoh caved in he said you know if you know all this you take care of it you understand i don't want to don't give me no bad news don't bring me no headaches you know what i'm saying i don't want them and that's why he turned everything over to joseph he knew he wasn't he and he already had had the headache and he already had had the burden and he already had been troubled and he found somebody that had enlightenment you think he wasn't gonna dump it all over on him absolutely he did didn't want the problem anymore and that's what God wants to do with us we think it's going to take forever for us to get this thing in our lives straightened out and it can it can change in a matter of a second twinkling of an eye he can give us total peace about it once we've given it over to him and cast our burden on him he carries it hmm just like Joseph carried it for Pharaoh. He did that job for the seven years that, that there was famine. And then seven more. And then all, you know the whole show. Because God gave him the ability to do it. There are things we don't have the ability to do. God puts people in our lives who have the ability to do that for us. To help us out. And we hide from them. And you know don't want to talk to them. We always think it's going to be bad news. You understand what I'm saying? And and if if God's in it. And you're enlightened. Just take your enlightenment and go have a good day. You understand what I'm saying? Cast your cares. And go have a carefree day. But we're so concerned about how we're going to feel about the process. We don't look at the outcome. Hmm? God if I submit to this you mean to tell me I'm, <laughs> I'm going to quit worrying about this thing forever? <laughs> you know, It's like that. It's like that. Well, don't make a big you know don't be a drama queen. No. I don't care if you are a man. You can be a queen in a drama department. Because you know you can get very wound up in nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you know just one word from God will straighten your head out. And you don't want to, to tap, talk to him. You don't want you think it's going to be all tough and hard. And I'm going to have to change. And, uh, well he knows he can't get you to change. So that ain't even on the table anymore. <laughs> if there's changing to be done he'll do the changing he will change you you, you, you know <laughs> and it won't be hard either <laughs> he won't need none of your help so praise the Lord amen amen when you get a revelation of God I mean he's there to take do you see any of these people trying to see on their own or trying to get their healing you don't see any of that stuff in the Bible you see God took care of it boom like that it's like how fast do you want it huh he'll do it like that you don't want to labor with it you won't 
Some things you have to walk through for his glory. But he's right there with you in him. It's not going to hurt you to, to recognize the truth about yourself. You know, you, you, we need to learn how to grow up and accept these things. It's okay, God. You know, here it is. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, there's no good after all I see. Well, okay. You understand what I'm saying? Just take your medicine and keep keep stepping. And these things are personal between you and God. You know, people are so worried about what everybody's going to think. They probably think what you think. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not too much we can hide from each other. We're all children of light. So anyway, he says... Why are you sad? What are you talking about? He's trying to get truth into us. Trying to get us to spit it out. This is the time for the confessional folks. This is where you take that out. God I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel like I measure up. I don't feel like I can do this. I don't feel like you're ever going to bring me out of this. I don't feel like things are ever going to change for me. Why is it that I keep praying for the same things over and this is the confessional folks, you know. You and you and him. One of them, verse 18, whose name was Cleophas, is a brother, answering and <laughs> brother in the Lord, answering said unto him, "Who are you?" Where you been? Where'd you come from? Huh? This is what you want. You want somebody who's not steeped in the discouragement. In the, they're wondering how this dude is walking around and not concerned about this. And asking them to tell him what they know about it. Confession's good for you folks. It'll help you hear how you think. Once it's out there, then you can hear it the way it really sounds in your head. When it's just running around in your head, you don't pay much attention to it. Once the confession is out there, then you you can hear what it sounds like. Well, can hear what it sounds like. And sometimes you'll hear yourself and you think to yourself, do I really think that way? Is that what's really in me? Is is that what I believe? And so it's a good way to check your innards. Bring it on the outside and you can check what's inside. See that's the power of the confession. It helps you to examine your heart. It helps you to examine your mind. It helps you to examine yourself. There's some things that will come to you and it will shock you. What's running around. The little gerbils that are running around in your brain. <laughs> so you know. I mean come on now. It's it's amazing. And so confession is good for that. You know you sit there and you talk to God. And you say it out. And you, you understand what you're thinking. And, and you know gosh how did it get like that. You know it, it through processing. You know things can get inside your head. And, and eventually find their way into your heart. Because they're processed the wrong way they need to be processed through the light of God's word you know and through talking to God and you know God I I really don't feel like uh, this is for me you know why is it that everybody else can feel that this is part of life for them and I don't feel like that's for me you know maybe maybe you can change that I should change how I feel change how I think change how I talk change how I you got me and so he says how are you a stranger in Jerusalem? You haven't known what's going on. <laughs> it's 
things to have come to pass in these days. Now, to be honest with you, when people were traveling, that's how news got from one place to another. Say somebody is coming from Jerusalem and somebody from Samaria and they all meet up on the same road and they can exchange news from one city to the next and they can can share it with people. Um, it, it was it was prudent if you if you say if you were a Republican so to speak you found Republicans if you were Democrat you found them people because there was agreement it says to agree with your adversary quickly when you're in the way with him so you could convert a Democrat if you if, you know four of us are, are, are Republicans and there's one Democrat we can probably convert him because he's going to agree with us while we're walking together and vice versa <laughs> and vice versa and so, so this is how people got indoctrinated this is how they got educated this is how they caught the news and so they're wondering where this man is where the stranger is coming from that he doesn't know what's been going on because it's been all the buzz you know it's been on cnn it's been on fox it's been on everything you ain't heard it and so he says here are you a stranger in Jerusalem and you don't know what's gone on these last three days and they said to him and Jesus said to them what things and they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth now this is important to understand what they know about him because in telling what you know about him it will show what you don't know and what you need to know so you get a revelation of God based on the what pieces of your puzzle are missing and you need this other piece over here to make it all fit and make it all make sense so you can get a revelation of God. In other words, I know Jesus can help me when I'm sick, but I have trouble believing that he can help me with my finances because I have a tendency to mess them up. I have a, you understand what I'm saying? When you get involved in it and your weakness gets involved in situations, then you need to have a revelation of him as a God who will forgive and will help and will do all of these things to help you put that puzzle together so that you can have a contented life. Because you see other people do there are other people who are content there are other people who have their needs met there are other people who have excess in their bank account you haven't mastered it what's the difference here and so you need to know that Jesus can make a difference in those things and you need to know what it is that's missing in your understanding and he will provide that if he'll provide it because he's God and because he wants to meet that need sometimes it may seem like that's not being provided for right away maybe there's some other building blocks you need to have in place before you can get to the the process process so here we're seeing he these men are in process because Jesus is coming to them in another form. It's not the form that they're familiar with. And this is important to know because another form oftentimes is another human being that we don't really honor as somebody that's important in our lives. Sometimes you can get an answer and a revelation from the most foreign sources unsuspecting sources because we we don't really understand God coming to us that way it's a it's a thing to be treasured 
not to be despised. Because it doesn't limit God's ability to help us. See when we're expecting him to come one way and he comes another way. It it shows you the urgency that he feels to help us. To get our needs met. To do the things that that, you know sometimes it can be a, 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 a salesman somewhere. That can help you to see that God cares about you in this area. God's revealed himself to you uh, through a salesman that, that needs to help you with a sale. He'll they'll enlighten you, give you some understanding. Uh, somebody who helps you with manage your credit and your finances. That's him coming to you in another form. So that you can can relax in that area and not be, able, not be so concerned and worried. All of these things are revelations of Christ coming to you a different way. And so... They don't recognize him because he's not recognizable from what he was the last time they saw him. And so he says, they, they said he's, he was mighty. He was a prophet and mighty indeed. So they know all these things about him. They're looking for a mighty prophet, mighty indeed. He said he was mighty before God and all the people. Now the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. They saw he was just another man you got me and they said but we trusted but we trusted see past tense our hope is gone we trusted him that he might be him which have redeemed us or redeemed Israel besides all this today is the third day since these things were done these are, you know, they liked him when he was a prophet, mighty in word and deed. And then it goes downhill from there. And it stays downhill. Because Jesus, you know, catches up with them and he says, why are you sad? So here, they had hoped that he was somebody. And they find out he's just another man like everybody else. So their understanding of who the Messiah is must be corrected that's where the darkness is they thought they knew who he was supposed to be and they find out they don't this is typical of of the way we operate as believers this is why we don't have more contentment why we don't have more from God why we don't have more understanding we get stuck in a traditional thinking or a customary thinking of God or or a carnal thinking of God you know there's a lot of carnality mixed in with what we think about God because we need God in so many practical and everyday ways. And so we're just thinking, well, you know, if I need uh, my finances, if I need a job, if I need this, I need that, I can always call on him. But we don't think about the areas where we have real darkness on the inside of us. Where we need to have him come in there and get this whole thing straightened out. And we we hang too much on a few noticeable areas of life. We don't put enough in. Does he really care about me? Will he really be more alive to me than living people? Will he really understand me and be the one who can hold my hand when things are very, very hard for me? Uh, You know, you don't want hardship to come, but... 
<laughs> it's gonna hit everybody when it when it comes. Is you gonna need that? You know, it's like you know the 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 scriptures that we don't want to need. We see them in the, especially in the Psalms. You go through them and say, "Man, brother was blue. Glad I don't need that today. Got my joy in my pocket." Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. You don't want to have to know Jesus is the great comforter. You know when nobody else can comfort you, and you know, but but you when you need that comfort, you're glad. You're glad, and sometimes you need to pick up him as comforter on a continual basis, and you will be even more comforted. I think we we think about needing God in drastic emergency situations and not an everyday comforter who can continually pour the oil into our wombs. Got me? It's a continual comfort. Once you've opened the the alabaster box and you've released that in your life, you can draw from it over and over again. You see, you need it all the time. You, know, you you can get beat up just going to the mailbox, man. You know, I mean, <laughs> nothing almost is safe anymore. But if if you need that, draw from it. You know, God, I'm. You know, man, this is tough. It's a tough day today. Talk to me. Help me. Whatever. Come near. Constrain him to not go any further. Just be right here, and he will with purpose. So they they just pour out their hearts. To him, this is good. This is the confessional continuing. They said how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted. We trusted. We trusted. They trusted in what they had seen of him thus far. There's more to be revealed of God all the time. What what you need is a fresh revelation. You need a deeper revelation. You need to go further. You just know him. They knew him as the one who had all this power and had this great entourage and had all these wonderful things going on. But the guy with the entourage showed his human weakness. And now they're distanced from him because of weakness. That's what sometimes when Jesus comes to us in another form, you you sometimes will see the weakness in that vessel, you know, because we all have them. I don't know how you couldn't not be aware of it, but don't let that diminish your value of that person. Don't let that. Don't let human weakness, because I'll tell you one thing: you start to despise weakness, and God will reveal yours to you. And you'll have a hard time getting it dealt with and getting over it because you despise it so much. See, you'll never offer up to him what you despise. We always try to hide it from him. We always try to hide it. And so once we get a a true vision of, of what he is and who he is and not despising the human flesh that he comes wrapped up in sometimes. You know. The homeless person, person that did, you know used to do great things, and now they've, you know, gotten caught in their weakness, and they need prayer, they need understanding, they need help, they need enlightenment themselves. All these things, you, you, we have to understand that that's Jesus in another form, and if we will let Him, He will reveal Himself to us in that form. 
And so he says they, we trusted that he had been that which would have redeemed Israel. What, what do you mean by redemption? See your definition of redemption is different from God's many times. Hmm? Said we thought he was the redeemer. You're talking about possibly overthrowing Caesar. Setting you up as the next important guy in the ministry. Hmm? See this is what the average disciple thought of. That's why they all abandoned him when he was being crucified they didn't want to be identified with his weakness they don't want to be identified with his humanity and if you will identify with Jesus in his humanity that's when he will help you the most because that's the great high priest that's the best kind of priest there is is somebody who understands and can be touched with what you're touched with and but it has still can draw from power within. He's not touched and stays there. He's touched and he can touch you and he can help you and pull you up out of it because he has all power now. You don't want somebody ministering to you that can't be touched with your weakness. You got me? you don't want that because that's not the best kind of priest the bible says that every priest is taken from among men so that he can understand he can be touched with he can have compassion toward he can be encompassed with with compassion toward those individuals so that he can minister to them appropriately can sort through what's needed he can sort through and understand and so you you want somebody who has that who can be touched like that and and that's what you'll get you know jesus will come to you sometimes in the form of somebody and you'll talk to them and you think it's a one-way thing you know because you feel like you know the best and you know this and you know they might come from a denomination where you're not familiar with and all this kind of stuff and you're always the one who's giving them knowledge and understanding then all of a sudden he flips the script you open your mouth one time and your weakness gets exposed and then you find out they're stronger in some way that's Jesus coming to you in another form folks so we can respect one another so we can understand that he is there all the time he's always present he's always there he's always there to help us he's always there for us and so he says that he says this is the third day since these things were done now they're telling him all of this so this is where the sadness and the unbelief comes in you know starting in verse 21 we trusted we don't trust anymore that's what he's saying we thought he was the one but we don't believe that anymore he says now there's a little evidence that this might be true See, that's, that's the little hope and that's needed because that's what Jesus is going to grab onto to reveal himself to do, to them if that hope isn't there he doesn't have anything to connect with them on he'll be just another stranger when he tries to reveal himself they won't receive it there's got to be that little inkling of hope there he says certain women also of the company made us astonished that were early at the sepulcher and when they found not his body they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive 
So all the pieces are there. All the parts are there. But they're not connected. And they'll only get connected through one thing. And that is faith. This faith has to rise up in their hearts so that they can connect all their pieces and he can reveal himself to them alive and living. And so he says <clears throat> they said they didn't find his body but they didn't see him but an angel says he's alive. And they're saying all of this in unbelief. There, You can tell there's no faith there because they're sad if there was faith there they'd be rejoicing they'd be with everybody else that knows he's alive and he said to them oh fools and slow of heart here we go this is what we don't want to hear we don't want to hear the correction sermon of the Holy Spirit even though we're the only one getting it we're just embarrassed anyway you know it's not like God's talking to you about your unbelief in front of everybody else he's just speaking to you about it but we still don't want to hear it we want the end result but we don't want the process do we we the process really frightens us it you know oh god what does god think about me and see until you enter the confessional and get it out of you and see how it sounds it's always worse on the inside than it is on the outside because it troubles you on the inside when you don't really believe God for something and you know he has a plan for you or you suspect he has good things for you and you yet don't want to believe him it's all on the inside and it sounds worse on the inside than what it is and he has to find a way to bring it to the outside so you can confess it and get it out there where he can deal with it he's not going to deal with it in the darkness of your soul where you can keep fighting him while he's been trying that already that has to be brought on the outside so that he can deal with it you can see how crazy that sounds no it's just he says you guys are crazy I mean how come you don't believe you're sitting here carrying on this conversation he said I've been bored with y'all for like three miles now whatever ten miles whatever it takes for a stranger walking with companions to try and get the upper hand in a conversation where it could go south on him he must be nearing the end of his journey see if you're going to disagree with somebody that you've agreed with all this walking with them in agreement all this way and all of a sudden you've got to correct them and fall into disagreement you've got to be at the end of your so you're at the fork in the road it's time to make a decision so when when Jesus confronts you about your unbelief and your lack of trust in him it's because it's time for you to make a decision we can come to a fork in the road I'm not walking with you no further in this nonsense that you're believing if you want what I want for you you're going to have to make a change here at this fork in the road you've got to accept what I'm telling you you've got to embrace it you've got to make it your own and then we'll go on further but we're not going not another further until you decide you want the whole truth he says O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He said, Now you didn't have to just believe me. This has been told about me. He said, Believe all that the prophets have spoken. Not just the part that says you're going to be rich, but believe all. How about the part that says about being a good steward? 
about being a person who watches what you spend and doesn't spend it all. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. If you're going to be a millionaire, you can't live paycheck to paycheck. You got to live off what's stored up. You got me? All these things. Fools of heart, slow to believe. You don't want to believe it because it doesn't tickle your flesh to believe it. Let's get down to your spirit and start feeding that part of you. And he says, ought not Christ to have suffered all these things to enter into his glory? Haven't you been told that? He wanted to say, I saw y'all out in one of my preaching meetings and I remember saying it over and over and over again. You didn't believe me then because you didn't want to. It didn't fit into your picture of what the Redeemer of Israel was supposed to do. Because everybody has their picture of what life in God is all about. They think serving God. There are many people who don't think serving God is praying and taking prayer seriously. And praying for your neighbors and praying for people who need it. And seeing that a life of prayer is a foundation for anything else you do. And if you never do anything else, prayer will be your ministry. They never see that. They see themselves as stepping onto a platform somewhere in front of hundreds or thousands of people. And that's all there is to it. And so when when the truth of it starts to dawn on them, they don't want the process of building to that level of of confidence, God having confidence in them and, and level of ministry because it doesn't fit with their picture of what the Redeemer is supposed to be. It doesn't fit into their picture of what God is supposed to be. Sometimes people will say, well, God, uh, send me a word and, and he'll send a prophet who's a woman. They don't want to take that from me. I've been through this for years. You understand the, the, the surprise package. And I know that when God sends me somewhere, put somebody in front of me, it's going to be a shock to them. You know, it just usually is. And so you you deal with that because God wants to shock you out of your natural sensibilities and get your spirit man to attention. That's why he sends people. You know, prophets will come and they look weird and they look, you know, we've been through it, the whole thing. We've seen many, many, many prophets. You know, they're looking more like normal people now <laughs> for some reason. But, you know, it's always been the, the you know, hair shirt and, and you know scratching and all that kind of stuff and could care less what you think about and they pretty much let you know it you understand why because they're they're wanting you to get inside of the vessel forget the appearance thing forget the you know all of that let's let's get down to where you live and so there's a a shock factor there and that's what Jesus is doing he's shocking them out of their natural understanding of who he is so he can reveal who he really is to them this is, this is something God has to do all the time. Oprah Winfrey's problem with God has to do with the fact that she was disappointed by religious people in her early life. One thing they didn't teach her was how to forgive. That's too bad. Because if she had learned that lesson she'd be on a different road right now. But she's angry and condemning about religious people. She didn't like her father. He was a pastor. He struggled with the call and he struggled with his life. But through all of that nobody taught her the basics of Christianity. So she's going to have to learn that at one point if she's going to be saved. She's going to have to learn how to forgive people who are important in her life. She even admits that the church taught her confidence how to get up before people and speak. 
They encouraged her, you know, just like they've always done in in little country churches where the young people were, the young people coming up, let's get them up there. And, you know, they let them speak and speech and all that. That's where African American children learn to read. That's where they learn to speak. That's where they learn to preach is, you know, in the church. Everything was centered around the church. And and it's too bad we took it away from the church. Now we've given it to public schools and, and they're not even taught. You got me? <laughs> I was watching something last night about a young man. He's a rapper. I forget his name. And they, you know, I said I was Nas. That's his name. Nas. Anyway, but their their father said that he went to enroll them in school in where they Harlem, Brooklyn, one of the burbs, boroughs around New York City. And the father was a musician and a world traveler. And he said he was appalled when they went to school what they were being taught. And he told them when they were 13 and 14 to leave school. He told them just drop out. He said because they had a, a library in their home. All kinds of books. You know the classics. And, you know everything. Bible. Everything. They had it. And they, the father always taught them to read and encouraged them to read. And the mother did too. And the father told them he said just he said you live in America. You can be anything you want to be. He said, but you won't if you stay there. Isn't that amazing? You won't. And see, prophetically we can see it true now because that was back during the 80s, late 80s and early 90s. We see the mess that the schools are totally in now. So we say, well, this man was ahead of his time. His son now is a, they have a chair, endowed chair, money, at Harvard with his name on it. He's a rapper. Never went. He just went dropped out at the 8th grade. I mean it's a joke to Harvard. It's a joke on them. They're begging a high school dropout now. To pay for people to want to come there to learn something. They don't even know anything about it that much. Just, this is what he does. It's, it's in the music department. you know. We can hold on for another maybe 10 years with this endowment. We can keep the doors open. That's what they're looking at. You understand what I'm saying? But boy have the tables turned. They used to be the people that kept his kind of people out by their admissions standards. Now they're begging. It gets turned around folks. You understand what I'm saying? Truth gets turned around. But uh, you know there are just some things that that will happen in life that that don't make sense to us. You know they're they're complex and they're complicated. But you know those those things will will get straightened out and, and prevail. I even forget where I was, but that just grabbed my thoughts for a minute there because it was just so unusual that something like that would happen, where a father would speak over a son like that and see it come to pass. You know, he's a <laughs> kind of like a Jesus in another form, speaking truth over his children, and and you know it works. One because it comes from a father. Fathers have great power over their children to prophesy over them and and set them on course for their their place in the world. They know their place in the world and they have a power to given by God to do that. So anyway, we go back to our story. It says beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So didn't you know? Didn't don't you remember? I told you these things. He's correcting them. 
And if your vision of God is not what it should be, it needs correcting. So this is just this is the process of putting the lens on, you know. Sometimes it's more painful. I think spiritual enlightenment is more like a surgery. You know what I'm saying? You get the laser on the eye so that you, you know, burn it out for good. Because if we just keep slapping glasses on you, they're going to be changed again. So you want this to be a permanent work. And so Jesus begins to burn inside of them the truth about himself. It says, in beginning with Moses and all the prophets, isn't that amazing? The time he takes with us to make sure we understand correctly who he is says they drew near to the village where they went and would have made as though he would have departed from them or gone further so it's okay I'm done if y'all if that's enough I'm on my way but it said they they started getting stirred up on the inside of them and they constrained him saying stay with us and they give him some flimsy excuse it's almost evening you know he's you know he's just like you hmm? but they're getting enlightened and this is what we do when we start getting enlightened by God we want that to go on forever and he says and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them and he took bread he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them you know the meals make a difference folks the meals make a difference that's the place where they recognized him why there because they're memorable that's part of your covenant with God you got me there's a remembrance at the table a blessing there is a remembrance that's a memorial he says this do in remembrance of me when you break the bread and drink the wine you know that was set up at the last supper and here he's repeating it again and boom their eyes are opened covenants remembered everything we do with God in covenant has power to enlighten us there's enlightenment at the communion table there's deliverance at the communion table there's everything and their eyes were opened and they knew him and after the revelation came that's when he needs to depart that's when it's okay for him to depart until you need another revelation of him until you need the next you get to the next place where you're confused you don't know what to do or you think you know what to do and you're doing it all wrong that happens and so you you have to get that revelation from him but it's it's in the the cutting of the covenant it's in the covenant memorials it's in the things that we remember about God sometimes it's in our testimony what did he do for me when I first met him I need that again and he will bring that to us again because he is the God who reveals himself he wants us to have this knowledge and he wants us to feel we can come to him and he wants us to feel good about that relationship with him amen father in heaven we thank you for allowing us understanding of our covenant privileges in you our rights in you the things that we need from you that we can have so freely freely we have received Lord freely we will give and we thank you Lord for the free gift of the grace of God the manifold wisdom of God the anointing of God and the power of God in our lives we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen and praise God if anybody needs